Welcome, you're listening to the Agile Unemployment Podcast, where in each episode, we take an in-depth look at being out of work. We'll talk about the programs and benefits available to you. We'll talk about the job hunting process itself. And most importantly, we're going to address the psychological and emotional impact that being out of work has on the individual. I'm your host, Sabina Sulat. I'm an HR expert and author. A few years ago, I lost my dream job and found myself unemployed for the first time in my life. I was frustrated by the lack of resources and information available to people out of work, but more than that, I was just stunned by the fact that we don't talk about unemployment. I took my experience and I turned it into a book and I now coach people to build resilience while they're out of work. If you are out of work, if you recently lost your job, or maybe you've been unemployed for a while, or maybe you're just afraid that you might lose your current job, this is the place to be. We're a safe place where we can talk about all aspects of being out of work. We can answer your questions and we can help you build resilience so that when you go back to work, you are stronger and more confident than ever. So let's get started. Hey, everybody, it's Sabina. Welcome to the first episode of season two of the Agile Unemployment Podcast. I say this every time. I am so excited. I am shocked we made it through a full year. It was a year ago that I was hunkered down in what I jokingly refer to as my studio, which is really the lower level of my home, trying to record a podcast. I'd wanted to do it for months, and I was bound and determined to do it last year, and I did it. And it's been an interesting journey. What I want to do in this episode, what I usually do, I want to share some of the unemployment landscape out there for you want to reflect on the past year, and I want you to know what's coming up in season two, because we've got a lot of great things coming. So let's just jump in and get started. Real quick, it is now August of 23. The July labor statistic reports come out. I love sharing that with you guys. Let me just share probably the first paragraph of the situation report that comes from the Secretary of Labor. I'm going to read this to you. Today, the Bureau of Labor Statistics reported that the American economy added 187,000 jobs in the month of July and added an average of 218,000 jobs per month over the past three months. Continuing the steady and stable growth that is bringing economic security to workers and families across the country. The unemployment rate ticked down to 3.5%, continuing the longest period of under 4% unemployment in over 50 years. Healthcare, social assistance, construction, and financial activities all gained jobs in July. Drink that in for a minute, and I'm sure we all have our own thoughts about this. First of all, it's great that jobs are being added. Don't get me wrong. I love seeing that. I would love to see everybody who wants a job to have a job. But that's not the way the world works. 
We are in this constant cycle of losing jobs, gaining jobs, all kinds of things. The statistics that are given by the government are indeed correct, but I would argue they're not accurate. And I know what you know, you're probably giving me that like, you know, Scooby-Doo tilt of the head kind of thing of like, huh, what do you mean by that? Yes, we are definitely having that 3.5% of unemployment. It's steady. Here's the thing. It's what we're counting and how we're counting it. When you break it down, that 3.5%, a large portion of that are people who voluntarily separate from their jobs, meaning they willingly leave. There's a whole lot that goes into that statistic. It's people who are going back to school, people who have to leave for family situations, people who just can't stand their job, people who are starting their own business. We don't delve deep enough into that. Even so, that still leaves a lot of people who are out of work. Just so you know that 3.5% roughly equals about 6 million people. I feel like in a country like the U.S., that's insane that that amount of people don't have jobs. Here's something else I remember, and I've, you've heard me say this before. I had this great high school history teacher, and one of the questions he asked us was, what's the difference between a recession and a depression? And you'd think there'd be this big, lengthy explanation for it. Nope. He just looked at us straight in the eye and said, you know, a recession is when my neighbor is unemployed. A depression is when I don't have a job. And I think about that all the time when I get the statistics from the Department of Labor. And it sounds so low unless you're impacted. And then you're probably doing what I used to do. Like I'd read that statistic when I was out of work and I'd be like, yeah, I don't believe it. I know a lot of people who are unemployed and you probably do too. If you're listening to this podcast, you're impacted by unemployment one way or another. I do not know one person in my network, in my social circle, who isn't somehow impacted by it. So what does that mean? Is that statistic false from the Department of Labor, that 3.54%? No, it is not. But one thing we've talked about on the podcast, and I'll go back to season one, I had a great interview with a reporter. I reached out to her after I read an article that she had written and I thought, well, this person is legitimate. They are never coming on my little podcast. And of course, like most people, she surprised me. Her name is Laura Michelle Davis. And she had written this great article about the truth about labor statistics. And it rocked my world. She pointed out things that I never would have guessed. I never thought about. And I think we need to start looking at this. These are tiny things like the fact that how we define unemployment is from the Depression almost a hundred years ago. Oh my gosh. Not only that, but 
the way we get that statistic, the way the government gets that statistic is really contacting households. They contact a certain amount of households each month. Then they do the math and they say, okay, well, X people out of Y number of households say they're unemployed, therefore, that's the percentage of unemployment when we do the math. That's incorrect because how we define household has also changed. Department of Labor is still doing that. Oh, gosh, I don't even think traditional is the right word for it. I would say anachronistic, using a really big SAT word here. But it's no longer that single household with the one income and the stay-at-home parent, usually the wife, and you know, 2.5 kids and the picket fence. How we describe families and households has changed so much in the past, I'd say, even 25 years probably in the past 10, the government has not caught up and they have to. And then here's one of the things that Michelle, Laura Michelle taught that really got to me was that statistic or that criteria of unemployment doesn't count long-term unemployed. What do we mean by long-term unemployed? Okay. Long-term unemployed are people who maybe had to leave work because they're caring for a family member or they've had a child or maybe they couldn't get a job in their area and it's after a certain number of weeks, you're no longer in that 3.5% that the government reports back. I find this shocking. I find it more than a little scary because it, to me, because I was long-term unemployed. It was a year. To me, that meant we stopped caring about you. And that's what happens with unemployment when your benefits run out and you get this thing of, well, you're supposed to have a job by now. And none of it makes sense, even mathematically. Most states give you unemployment for 26 weeks, half a year. And there are a couple states where you can reapply to have it extended under extraordinary circumstances. Very difficult to do, by the way. Half a year, six months. Well, (laughs) the average job search is six months. You're cutting it really close. I talk to people all the time who have been out of work for years, and it's not from lack of trying. It's not from having too high a standard. It is just the difficulty of being employed and not being underemployed, having a job that uses your skills and education that you want to do every day, and the assistance. And don't get me wrong, I was grateful for the assistance. Trust me, I needed that money. I needed those programs. I know people who are in that same position. But it's not enough in most cases. And we have to do better. We have to look at how we view people who are unemployed. We have to change how we look at household. We have to change the kind of assistance that we give. We have to make programs more accessible. I talk to people every day who are out of work. I have yet to meet one person who has told me they don't want to go back to work. They're afraid to go back to work. They're apprehensive. They're scared. But they definitely want to go back to work. And we need to help them. 
help you out there if you are listening. And we need to make sure that they can sustain themselves until they find a job. Another thing that I want to bring up is we work very differently right now. You'll see it all the time. You will see people talking about income streams. Yep, I'm one of those. You will talk about people who do contract work, who do multiple jobs because either they have to or they want to. All kinds of things. We don't count those in unemployment. Trust me. I know people who are contract workers. And when your contracts dry up, you are not eligible for unemployment. Considering that we're having more and more people go into this in the U.S., we might have to tweak those models that we have. We might have to count people differently, change the programs that we offer to make sure that we're including everybody. To me, probably the most upsetting thing about how we more or less track seems like such an inhuman word, but categorize how we look at, and by we, I mean the government. One of the biggest issues is people who are long-term unemployed, people who are working multiple jobs that aren't full-time jobs that don't give them benefits that probably don't even give them a living wage most of the time. These are parts of the population that need support more than any other. It is very, oh gosh, the words I'm thinking, I'm not sure I'm comfortable saying out loud right now, but it's usually women. The elderly, that'll sober you up. People of color, people who have immigrated to this country. We need to do better. We need to look at things better and differently. And we need to make sure that we are helping those who need it, that we are addressing the changes in our culture, our professional lives, our careers, our way of working, so that we're making this as equitable as possible, and so that the people who want to work can, and that they can sustain their households, their families, their lives. That was a lot to get into first thing in the podcast. I don't necessarily want to start the podcast season two off on a bad note, but I think it's important to start it off on a realistic one. So thanks for bearing with me on that. I want to share a little bit about the whole concept of the podcast and what I wanted to cover. When I wrote the book, Agile Unemployment, I divided it up into three layers. This is how I describe it to people, where that first layer is all of the administrative things about being out of work, filing for programs, assistance, even the actual transactional things of the job search. Then there's this middle layer. What I wanted to address are things we do not talk about, the emotional and psychological sides of being out of work. That was the hardest part for me. Once I found all the administrative things and the websites, I got, I got okay at managing that. But there was no one I could talk to, or I felt there was no one I could talk to about 
everything I was feeling professionally, emotionally, I felt so isolated. And I had a tremendous group of friends, people who loved me, wanted to support me in multiple ways. And I still felt I couldn't talk about it because I was dealing with so much internally. And that's that third layer. I decided in the book, even though I'm a very private person, that I wanted to talk about my story. And I think it came together really well. Uh, I'm very proud of the book. I'm proud of this podcast. I just recently went through this experience where I've been attending a book group based on my book. That's a bit surreal. But to me, the greatest thing is I've had people share their stories, feel comfortable talking about the parts of unemployment we don't talk about, and telling me that I have done what I wanted to do, provided that safe place to talk about unemployment, to start normalizing these conversations. That's what I want to keep doing. So season one, I think I did a good job. I did a good job, I think, of balancing those three buckets of administrative, emotional, kind of my story. The response has been surprising on the podcast. I will say this. It seemed like I would do episodes and nobody would listen. That was a little hard. I admit, marketing is not my area of expertise, and I found it a bit overwhelming because there are all these other things that I'm doing. And I kind of felt, okay, let's just let it organically happen. Surprisingly, or not surprisingly, uh, in the spring of 23, and I'll share this because I do think it's a cool story. I was lying in bed one morning thinking, why am I doing this? Am I reaching anybody? Am I doing any good? Maybe I should go back to a nine-to-five job. I just need a sign. Got out of bed, started my morning, eventually logged onto the computer, and there's a message waiting for me from a woman saying, I've been unemployed. My husband suggested I look for a podcast. Your podcast was rated as the number one unemployment podcast on chat. And I've listened to it, and I can't tell you how much you've helped me. And I was just so gratified by this person reaching out to me. I reached out to her. We connected. I gave her a little bit of advice. I I think we clicked. And then she asked if I'd mind if she posted this in a few unemployment forums. And of course, I was like, please do that. And why didn't I think of that? That seemed to have started a groundswell in the past few months. Downloads have increased 200%. This podcast is being heard in over 50 countries. It's based for a U.S. audience. I'm not going to lie to you guys. I love the fact that people in Nigeria, Singapore, are listening to this podcast, and I hope you're getting something out of it. Please keep listening. Please share, comment. People tend to reach out to me separately on LinkedIn about the podcast. I think there's still a lot of discomfort. I'm okay with that because I want you to be safe. But think about it this way. You reaching out publicly is going to be helping someone else who needs it. And it helps sustain this podcast. And I'm so proud of the work that we've done over 
this past year. We've touched on some great topics. We've talked about my friend Gabby Lubin has come in from Spark This Day, and we talked about the importance of self-care. Seriously, self-care saved me when I was out of work. I've had other phenomenal guests. Branding expert Kate Ledun has talked about not necessarily how to brand yourself, but how to see yourself. And I love that. Really gratified to have had Ann Lester, financial expert. She comes from this phenomenal background of J.P. Morgan. She's writing a book about finance. She's talked about gaining control of your finances when you're unemployed. Talk about a scary topic. Anne's done a beautiful job, and she will be coming back. Yay. Really happy. A mentor of mine and a customer success expert, Shauna Osborne, talked about what really happens to your business when you lay people off. This podcast is not just for those unemployed. It's for the people who unemploy them. And the ripple effect is staggering. You think you're helping your bottom line by laying people off? You could be losing your business. Shauna did a fabulous job, so much so she's coming back on season two. Shh, don't want to get ahead of myself. Also, probably one of my favorite guests, Dr. Mike Rucker, talked about The Fun Habit, his book about why it's so important to have fun. And I love this. Fun is the antidote of burnout. And you can indeed get burned out when you are unemployed. It is so important to keep your spirits up because that carries over into the job search. It carries over into when you're ready to go back to work. Some other great things. We had Emily, the recruiter. She is a friend of mine. No, I'm not giving you her last name. I don't want people calling her, asking her to hire them. Emily's session was so great. I had her back a second time to do a Q&A. It's been resoundingly popular. What's great is that people keep coming back to the podcast and go back to prior episodes. We've covered a lot the first year. Besides all those topics that I mentioned to you, we've talked about one of my most popular episodes, how to grieve your job loss. So important for you to grieve your old life before you move on to your new one that could be holding you back. I usually give this talk to organizations I was so gratified that it was well-received as a podcast. I talked about the importance of aligning every tool in your job search, your resume, your LinkedIn profile, how you present yourself to recruiters, the responses that you give. If you are stumbling in your job search, chances are one of these things is not like the others and it's throwing people off. Could be the thing standing between you and a job. Go back and listen to that episode. A few other things that I covered, enmeshment. I was shocked at how popular that episode was. Talking about when you over-relate to your job, to your profession, to your own detriment. If you do that and you lose your job, your loss of identity can be isolating It can feel like you're in a black hole. It happened to me. And that's why I don't want it to happen to anybody else. I talked about change. There are certain things you have to accept when you lose a job. Accepting them is going to help you move forward to the next job. 
I can't say enough about how important it is to do that self-reflection. I know it's hard. And then I'm going to say personally, one of my favorite solo episodes talked about, and I love this word, catastrophizing. When you're out of work, you have those bad thoughts, those worries. Catastrophizing is when it goes to an extreme and it will paralyze you. I talked about kind of a fun way. I know that sounds funny. A fun way to nip that in the bud and maybe tame that catastrophic thinking. Actually having a little fun with it to help you move forward. All really great episodes. I'm really proud of it. Please keep going back and listening to it. I haven't mentioned every one because, well, there's only, you know, not even 30 episodes, but too many to mention here because I want to talk about things to move forward. Someone asked me, why are you having a podcast? Because you already wrote a book about unemployment. And my response was, I could have an article every day. I could have a podcast episode every day, and I still wouldn't hit every aspect of unemployment because it's so different for every person, and yet there are all these common threads. It is just such a vast topic that we don't talk about. So coming up, season two, a lot of these are things you listeners have reached out to me on LinkedIn, my email, you've reached out on my website, reworkingworks.com, and you have said, I would love to know more about X. So some of the things that I have coming up in season two, a lot of these episodes are already recorded. Ageism and unemployment. Earlier, I talked about the fact that a lot of times the elderly are not included in those statistics. Ageism is very real in the job search. It's a topic I'm happy to discuss because I think it's easily solved. What I mean by that is I think there's some things you can do. It's not that you're older. It's that you appear old. You appear outdated. And those are some quick fixes that can really turn the job search around. Other things we want to talk about in season two, and we're going to talk about them. Legal issues. If you have a visa and you lose your job, I thought it was so important to have an attorney come on and talk about that process. Have someone coming on an expert in self-compassion. We have to give ourselves a break when we're out of work. We are so hard on ourselves. Having an expert come in and talk about what happens if you lost your job due to substance abuse and how do you get that second chance? Looking forward to that episode. Uh, One thing that really I have a lot of people ask me about this, how do I talk to my kids about being out of work? We have an expert coming on to help you with that exact conversation. I have a friend of mine, Jocelyn Davis. She is also an author. And she is going to come on and talk about how leaders can do a better job handling unemployment in their workplace, how they can help employees separate with dignity how to actually handle it if they themselves are part of a group that's being let go or if they lose their jobs themselves. Also coming on, I have another branding expert to talk about 
how to brand yourself for the career that you want. I don't talk just to people who are unemployed here, folks. I hope that recruiters, I hope that HR, I hope that leaders are listening to this podcast. There's a lot that you could learn from this. Probably the number one request for a topic, and we talk about it a lot, is why are we so inhumane in the separation process? Why do people suddenly treat employees like they're not human, that they're just a statistic? We have to do better about this. So separating with dignity, huge topic that we want to cover. Also, how do you set yourself apart in the job search? And I have a phenomenal coach, Philip Mianko, also a friend of mine. We talk about just that topic, setting yourself apart, standing out in a good way, could be the thing that gets you hired and all of this and so many more topics. And I am willing to cover anything that any listener asks me about. Go ahead, send me your ideas and suggestions. I have a ton, but I really need to hear what you want to talk about on the podcast. As I said, please keep listening. We gain listenership every day. People come back. I structured this so that You can look up a topic that you want to learn about, that you need information on, just like I did with the book. You can listen to an episode and gain some insight. You don't have to listen to this from start to finish. You can pick and choose what works for you. I want to do, more than anything else, help people feel safe and secure and helped in their out-of-work period. That's why I've structured things the way I've structured them. I cover the topics that I cover, and I'm more than willing to listen to you and help support you. Just reach out to me. I'm here. If I don't know something or I think there's an expert who knows it better, I will track them down, and I will get them on this show. I'm pretty good at it because I want to make sure that your unemployment period, I can't guarantee that I'm going to make it shorter. I can guarantee I can help make it easier. And that's the mission of this podcast. That's the mission of my work. I want to make sure that we are normalizing unemployment so that it's okay to be out of work and that people are equipped to go back to work with more confidence and resilience than ever. Keep listening. Keep offering topic suggestions. And above all, Keep going after that job that you want, that future that you want. Join me for season two as I help support you and others who are out of work or impacted by unemployment. And there you have it for today. I hope you learned something or heard something today that is helping you as you are in your out of work journey and that will help you normalize the conversation about being out of work. If you heard something that resonated with you, please show us support, subscribe, like, or comment on something. If you'd like to learn more information, you can reach out to me on LinkedIn, Sabina Sula. I'm the only one. You can also reach out to me on my website, reworkingworks.com. You can also email me at ssulat at reworking.com. I'd love to hear from you. If you want to know about private coaching, more about the book, more about the podcast, 
I wish you luck in your getting back to work journey. I hope that you've learned something here that if it hasn't made that journey a little shorter, it's at least made it a little easier. Until next time, thanks for joining.